Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome to the Parenthood Podcast. I'm Marina Fogel, and I'm here today with Dr. Kiara Hunt to discuss something that affects up to one in three pregnant couples – but it's something that no one really talks about. It's miscarriage. When we find out we're pregnant, generally we're told not to tell anyone before we get to that all-important 12-week scan. And so we spend the next few weeks enduring the sickness, the extreme fatigue, anxiety and the excitement on our own. Now, this is all well and good when you can break the good news to your friends that you're expecting a baby. But when the plan doesn't go to plan... When you find out that that little embryo that you were so excited about hasn't made it, you suddenly have loads of questions. You're desperate to ask your friends for advice, but because you haven't shared your news, it's difficult to ask them. This is certainly what I felt when it happened to me in my first pregnancy, which is why we thought that this podcast was really important. Millions of women experience miscarriage every year around the world, but sometimes there's just no one to talk to. So what Kiara and I are going to do today is talk about what it is, what is miscarriage, why it happens, and how it will make you feel so that at least you have some information to help you. Kiara, it's probably worth starting with just that basic question, what is miscarriage? So miscarriage is the loss of a pregnancy before 24 weeks. So, you know, that's quite far along into your into your pregnancy. And there are different terminologies for the different stage of miscarriage, but essentially it's when the pregnancy doesn't survive and uh, and you lose the baby. But it's most common in the first 12 weeks, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So what we call early miscarriage is is miscarriage any time in that first trimester, the first 12 weeks. Um, and then it is really common. It's it's one in four of recognized pregnancies. So whether there's been a positive pregnancy test, and realistically, it's probably a lot more than that. Um, they think it's probably one in two when you count the pregnancies that have happened but have miscarried before you'd be expecting your period to come anyway. So you wouldn't know necessarily that you were pregnant. And but what, it is common. And, and why does it happen? Why does miscarriage happen? So the mo there are lots and lots of different reasons why miscarriage might happen, but the most common reason is it's faulty chromosomes. So the baby inherits chromosomes from both parents, and um, you know if the baby doesn't have uh, the correct chromosomes, it simply can't develop. 
properly and the pregnancy will naturally end. So it's your body's way of sort of taking matters into its own hands and Absolutely. ending pregnancy. It's very natural and if you look at animals all over the world, there'll be a high rate of miscarriage and that is just because it's a very complicated thing, making a baby and making those chromosomes perfect. And when they're not quite perfect, then the baby won't survive because it can't develop. When you have a miscarriage, do they always check to see if there are chromosomal abnormalities in that embryo or not? Not routinely, no. So they would normally only start checking that uh, once if you start having recurrent miscarriages, which is miscarriages one after another with no healthy pregnancies in between. And what about pregnancies in which there aren't chromosomal abnormalities? I mean, you mentioned the vast majority are suspected to have chromosomal abnormalities, but presumably there are cases in which there aren't any chromosomal abnormalities, but a miscarriage still happens. Absolutely. And often we don't know the exact cause. We know that there are various risk factors for miscarriage, which obviously we would all try and eliminate as much as possible. Um, but you know, often, unfortunately, we never find out the reason. We know, for example, that uh, older maternal age, so a slightly older mother, has a higher miscarriage rate than a younger mother, um, and that's classed over 35. Your risk of miscarriage has increased a little bit over 45, again, quite significantly. And, and lifestyle, so sort of you know, how healthy the mother is and the father, does that play a role? Yeah, absolutely. That definitely plays a role in miscarriage rates. So um, things like smoking in pregnancy will significantly increase the rates of miscarriage, drinking alcohol, even in small amounts in that first trimester after you know you're pregnant, um, we know uh, is going to be risky. Uh, there's been quite a lot of studies now. We used to we used to think drinking a little bit of alcohol was fine in the first trimester, but we know that it really isn't anymore. Miscarriage rate is quite a lot higher. Uh, using recreational drugs, uh, you know, we know that that's dangerous. If you have had assisted conception to achieve this pregnancy, so if you've had any fertility treatment um, or undergone IVF, then it, uh, again, those first 12 weeks um, are risky. And what about obesity and weight and being underweight? Yeah. Yeah, uh, being a, having a healthy body mass index, so um, a healthy weight is really important. And actually being underweight and overweight is risky for a pregnancy and underweight particularly because your body will prioritize you in this early stage of pregnancy. And if you don't have the energy reserves and the body mass to carry a baby, then your baby, your body won't carry it. And being overweight? Yeah. Uh, similarly rates of miscarriage are higher if you're if you're if you're obese rather than overweight and, and so medical conditions too so if you have medical conditions like untreated you know, or poorly treated diabetes or various immune problems then that's obviously going to affect it affect your your rate of miscarriage as well so what actually happens when you miscarry how does it manifest itself you know as a mother how do you know if you're miscarrying i think um can I go to that in a second? One thing that's really important, I think it's really important, there are lots of myths around like why, what causes miscarriage and very, very, very rarely is anything the mother's done unless they are sort of drinking and smoking heavily and taking lots of drugs. You know, but for example, lifting heavy things, carrying things that can't cause miscarriage. You know, straining, people worry that if they're really constipated or if they're, if they're straining a lot, then that's going to somehow force the baby out. Absolutely, that's, that can't, can't happen. It's impossible. Um, sex does not affect um, miscarriage. So you, you need to have sex 
as normal when you're pregnant that's not going to make you miscarry uh, exercise as well you can exercise as much as you were normally doing before you were pregnant that's not going to change things um i mean you mentioned sort of drinking obviously the way sort of biology works we mostly don't find out that we're pregnant until we do that pregnancy test which is usually uh, on the first day of what would be your period so by that stage you're four weeks pregnant yeah absolutely and uh, and I, I can't tell you how many consultations I've had from women who come and tell me they're pregnant and they're really excited and obviously as soon as they've known they have you know they've behaved very well and not you know, looked after themselves and have looked after themselves but they worry they say gosh you know I was at a wedding or at a party before I knew I was pregnant but obviously now I know I was pregnant then um, in reality uh, you know, nature is quite clever and there's a reason you only find out you're pregnant when you when you do and that's because that's generally when the implantation happens so although you were pregnant before you knew you were pregnant and the embryo hadn't implanted yet so what what you were doing to your own body is much less likely to have an have had an effect on that embryo so i generally tell people tell people not to worry too much about what's happened in the past and just focus now you know you're pregnant look after yourself as much as possible going forward and if you've had a miscarriage and then you say right we're going to try and get pregnant then just be aware of what you're doing and and sort of get yourself into the best shape i mean you know pregnancy is tough on your body anyway so it's not a bad idea you, you know regardless of miscarriage just to get yourself into kind of fighting fit shape before yeah, what's I arguably one of the I, toughest things your body will ever do yeah and i think that's that's that is really important but it also has to be balanced against the stress of making sure everything is perfect and the conditions are perfect to get pregnant especially if you're struggling to get pregnant absolutely eat healthily absolutely you know be uh, a healthy weight and don't drink and don't smoke but if you're trying and it's not happening and it's six months down the line and 12 months down the line you also have to be able to relax and enjoy yourself so it's getting the balance between those that's really important okay um I think it's really helpful just to understand, you know, how does it manifest itself? How do you know you're having a miscarriage? So I think the important thing to, 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 to know and what a lot of people don't know is that sometimes it doesn't. Most commonly, you have bleeding and tummy pain, abdominal cramps, so that kind of horrid, periody, crampy pain with bleeding um, in pregnancy. Uh, that's the most common side. But but sometimes the the baby can miscarry, and you can, or the pregnancy can miscarry, and you can have no bleeding and no cramping. And the first time you find out that you've miscarried is when you have the scan at twelve weeks, and there is no heartbeat. And there's been no outward signs that that you've had a miscarriage. No, so it in just... retrospect, the only outward signs usually are that you stop feeling pregnant um which again often you only realize when you look back on it because you can sort of will yourself to feel pregnant even if you're not um and i think a lot of people say to me actually stop holding stopped, your tummy in yeah i stopped um <laughs> you know my, my actually my breasts weren't really tender anymore my nausea got better um and yeah that's that, i stopped feeling pregnant and if you did a pregnancy after you'd had a missed miscarriage would it if you did a sorry if you did a pregnancy test after you had had a missed miscarriage would it come positive or negative that pregnancy test when it was but certainly positive for a few weeks after the miscarriage so if you know it's obviously something we really worry about and if you know you're kind of in the early stages of pregnancy and you think oh I'm worrying about having a miscarriage doing another pregnancy test is that likely to be that's a bit false a bit of false reassurance um because because it stays the the pregnancy hormone stays in the urine for a little bit after the after the pregnancy fails uh probably the 
best thing to do is have a scan um, and uh, before 12 weeks. But but some if you aren't able to do that, then bl- the, the, the blood test to check the pregnancy hormone. It's called serial uh, beta HCG measurements. So uh, if that's going up when you're taking those, you know, every few days, then you know the pregnancy is continuing. So just to clarify, in the NHS, your first scan is routinely offered at 12 weeks. But if you have had bleeding or there are specific concerns about your pregnancy, sometimes they will offer you an earlier scan. Absolutely. That's right, isn't it? No, if you've had any bleeding, you'd go to the early pregnancy unit and you'd, they'd scan you and and uh, and see how things were looking. And that is an internal examination, isn't it? It's yes. not an external one with the sort of jelly and the... the... Yeah, so it, it, in a scan before 12 weeks, they would normally do what we call transvaginal ultrasound scan using a vaginal ultrasound probe, which I think is really important to know because you might not be expecting that. Um, it's not it's not uncomfortable, but and it's something they will talk you through, but it is the best way of visualising the pregnancy and be able to see whether, it's, whether there's a heartbeat there or not. And something that's worth warning your partner about, just because... Yeah. Because, I mean, they, they, do, they do it very discreetly. They put a, a blanket over your legs, but Absolutely. they do whip out a large probe, put a condom on top. And yeah. that can be a bit of a shock, I think, yeah. for, for some couples. Yeah. Um, does all bleeding in early pregnancy mean that you're miscarrying? No, and that's actually a really important point. It's re- very common to have a little bit of bleeding in early pregnancy, sometimes even quite heavy bleeding that doesn't mean a miscarriage. Uh, very commonly people have what's called an implantation bleed where the embryo is implanting into the uterus lining and that will often stimulate a little bit of bleeding. Uh, There are various other reasons that you could have bleeding that's not associated with miscarriage but I suppose the point is if you have any bleeding you're going to want to have a scan and or have any tests to see that the pregnancy is healthy. And so that's that's what you want to do you don't you don't have a big bleed and sort of the cramping you think oh it's it's six weeks I'm obviously miscarrying and just leave it you would always go and get checked out rather than just think that's it it's like a period I'll just try again next month absolutely you could still be pregnant and that's 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 a very important point you can have you could have a bleed as heavy as a period and you could still be pregnant it could not be a miscarriage the overwhelming likelihood is that it is a miscarriage but you'd have to have a scan to to check and i've certainly looked after a number of women who've had very heavy bleeding in early pregnancy who've had a very healthy ongoing pregnancy um could it be possible that you'd conceive twins and one has miscarriage or do both would it be that both twins have I not know survived i that's absolutely possible yeah so you could you Obviously, if you don't know you're having twins until the 12-week scan, you wouldn't know that. And if one has spontaneously miscarried and, uh, miscarried and there is no evidence of that twin left, you'll never know for sure. Um, but but that's definitely a possibility if they're non-identical twins. One thing that I think a lot of women are aware of, maybe don't know too much about, but I think should be aware of, is ectopic pregnancy, which is another risk in the in the early sort of first trimester. Absolutely. And that is what uh, doctors worry about. It's probably the most dan- one of the most dangerous things that can happen in pregnancy. Um, and it always results in miscarriage because an ectopic pregnancy is when the pregnancy implants outside of the uterus. Uh, so usually in the fallopian tube. And obviously a baby starting to grow in that place is is not going to have enough room to grow. So we'll, we'll miscarry. But at the same time, as it grows, it can uh, rupture and it can rupture your ovarian, your fallopian tube and cause you to be extremely unwell very quickly. So that with an ectopic pregnancy usually happens around the six 
six week mark, six to eight weeks. Um, and you tend to be having really very severe pain. And it tends to be in one side rather than a miscarriage, which is which is crampy period pain that's generalized around that area. An ectopic tends to be in, in one side. And often you have vomiting or diarrhea with it and feel extremely unwell, often a bit faint. Um, you can become very unwell very quickly. So if you have any of those symptoms in early pregnancy, you have to go straight to hospital. You don't always have bleeding with an ectopic pregnancy. Sometimes you have some very dark blood that passes and sometimes nothing at all. So um, anyone in early pregnancy experiencing those symptoms needs to go straight to hospital. And they'll obviously scan you. I mean, that's one of the, the purposes of an early scan is to check that the baby is there and that the baby's in the right place. Absolutely. So if you've had a history of ectopic pregnancy, should you go and would, would you be offered an yes, early they scan? Would normally, they would normally do that routinely. And yes, you should. And that would be at what, six weeks? Or? Six weeks, yeah. So from six weeks is usually the earliest you would see a heartbeat six to seven weeks so if you have a threatened miscarriage before then they would so that's bleeding so a threatened, threatened miscarriage, miscarriage is just bleeding would be bleeding um exactly but the bit but the baby we don't know if the baby's survived or not if it's after if after six weeks with a threatened miscarriage you can see the heartbeat is still there and the baby still seems to be doing well but you're bleeding if it's before six weeks then you wouldn't see a heartbeat anyway so it's just a case of monitoring the pregnancy hormone and seeing if it if it's if it's continuing to rise um, so, so yeah. Is it possible to have a miscarriage um, with cramping but no bleeding? So, if you're experiencing lots of cramping, should you go and get checked out if there's no blood? Yeah, absolutely, it is because that could be signs of a missed miscarriage. Um, How important? I mean, we talked that you should definitely get checked out if you're having a miscarriage and you're bleeding. How quickly do you need to get to your doctor? And should you be going straight to hospital or should you be going to see your GP? So if you're uh, if you have early pregnancy bleeding and it's light and you're not in significant pain and you don't have significant blood loss, then you can v happily stay at home until the next opportunity to go and see your doctor, which would normally be the next day, uh, where they would organise for you to have a scan um, and a, and a checkup by by an obstetrician or gynaecologist. Uh, but that's not a case of rushing straight into hospital by ambulance that night. You can, you can, that can all be done in a relatively relaxed fashion. If you're having bleeding and the pain is severe and the bleeding is heavy, and you're not feeling well, by when you say heavy, much much heavier than a normal much, period, much much heavier than a normal period, kind of gushing out, yeah. you know, soaking through a pad. Yeah. In but again, with with you feeling unwell with it, then you should certainly go to hospital. <clears throat> sorry let me just get to the next page um <clears throat> and then what will happen when you see your doctor what will they do so it, you'd normally call your gp or your obstetrician your your gp would would um send you to 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 a pregnancy assessment unit where they would do a scan and they'd be able to see pretty quickly whether the whether the pregnancy was still there or not as long as it was after after six weeks um they may do a blood test if they're worried you've lost a lot of blood. Um, and then if the pregnancy has all, if, if you have lost the, the pregnancy completely and there's nothing to see and you've ha had the miscarriage essentially, then they will give you some, ca you know, so they'll talk to you about it and, and send you away. If you're in the middle of a miscarriage or you have a mis you've had a missed miscarriage that hasn't come out yet, and they'll offer you various management options. So they'll, they'll sort of give you choices as to how you want to go from there.
What so whether or not you just sit it out and uh, wait for the miscarriage to happen naturally and all the tissue I guess of what was there to leave your body naturally mm. or whether it is surgically removed absolutely so so there are various options when you're having a miscarriage usually you do pass a clot at some point um, and that's what essentially what you want to happen because you want everything to come out to prevent infection happening and prevent it all going on too long and if that's happened naturally that's brilliant if it's early early days and they think that's, that might still happen naturally then they all They'll manage you with what's called expectant management or natural management, where it is literally just let let nature take its course. Let's wait and see what happens. And hopefully it all will happen without any need for any intervention. It is a natural thing to happen. It's not, it doesn't mean that there's a problem that you've had a miscarriage. It is natural. So they would, they would, all the, all the follow-up would be then is a pregnancy test uh, three weeks later to check that, um, that you weren't pregnant anymore. If, and if, if, if that, doesn't happen naturally or I mean like with me uh, you know I had a missed miscarriage of my first pregnancy uh, went along to the 12 week scan expecting to have good news and found that there had been no heartbeat and I think they decided that there had been no growth past eight weeks or so mm. so that was four weeks that this mm. you know this cluster Nothing of cells had been sitting inside me and yeah I hadn't naturally miscarried I mean what would happen if you did nothing would just sit there forever or is no, that risky so, so the risk is that it gets infected the products of conception essentially get uh, get get infected and you can get quite unwell with it so it is important to to get it out essentially and um you talked about a mis missed miscarriage and actually i think it's, it's quite important to cl clarify that i know we sort of mentioned it earlier but there there are there are different types of miscarriage and people seem to think it's always associated with bleeding and it's not so a missed miscarriage is when your baby when the fetus has died, the heartbeat has stopped at a certain stage in that in that in that early pregnancy, but you have had no bleeding, no cramping, no signs of a miscarriage, and it's not until the scan shows no heartbeat that you you know that you've miscarried, um, and that is not an uncommon type of miscarriage. And in that situation, you'd be offered um, you wouldn't be offered wait and see anymore because obviously you'd you know unwittingly been waiting and seeing for the last four weeks in your case um so you'd be offered medical management or surgical management of the miscarriage and, and medical management is where they'll give you medications usually in terms of a tablet and a gel a vaginal gel to to get rid of the product of, of the of the pregnancy that's that's no longer viable uh, or a surgical management of miscarriage which is where you'll have a light general anesthetic usually uh, sometimes it's done under local anaesthetic where they will um, they will remove the 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 pregnancy. So that's called a DNC, isn't it? Just so that people become familiar with yeah, the terminology. Yeah, so it, 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 it's called a DNC, but it's it's the terminology has actually all changed quite recently, and we now call it surgical management of miscarriage. Okay, and and that is basically they they it's a bit like having a smear test. They open up your legs and they open up your uterus and no not that you say no so they um they so normally done under general anesthetic they all go through the cervix um and suction the the the, the products um out. basically you have to clean out the uterus the cavity of the uterus but they don't make any cuts anywhere uh, you're not having an operation as such where they're cutting any part of your uterus or your skin open it's all done through the vagina up through the through the cervix and then they can they can they can suction it all away and obviously the downside of that is having a hospital procedure it's done always in hospital as opposed to your gp isn't it yes absolutely you always have always. an anesthetic it's a light anesthetic but you are sort of out um uh and, and obviously there are risks associated with that. But on the plus side, they you know for sure that all the product has been removed yeah. 
and yeah. you can I mean certainly from experience um, you bleed after that don't you it's Absolutely. not like they remove all the all the tissue it's but you you you, you, still you have a big bleed that. yeah and that's for what a week or so yeah. I, I seem to remember yeah. yeah um up to 14 days you can bleed for whether you have a medical or surgical management of miscarriage and it's it, you know some people don't like the idea of surgical management some people really like the idea because it's in a, you know it's quick you know that it's done you, you have less uncertainty going forward but it is a procedure that is a more expensive and b slightly more invasive so it's not for everyone and i think your doctor will normally advise as to what procedure is better for you it is possible to have um, surgical management of miscarriage under local anesthetic not general anesthetic and it's something called manual vacuum aspiration or mva but um but that is only in very specific circumstances and it's you know it's, it's it's a relatively traumatic thing to go through i mean any of this is going to be traumatic you're going to be heartbroken that you've lost the pregnancy anyway and then having to go through medical procedures to to sort of finish the job if nature hasn't done it naturally is is horrible for everyone but unfortunately mm. it, is, it is really important there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I mean, this is a bit of a, a difficult question to ask, but I probably think a question that people listening to this are thinking. When you miscarry, you don't see a baby. You don't see a tiny, weeny little baby. You see what, a, a sort of clump of blood at yeah, this stage? Yeah, a big blood clot normally. Yeah, it does depend, obviously, on how far along the pregnancy you are. And we've, up to this point, been just talking about um, early miscarriage, where normally you, would, you wouldn't see anything other than a, a blood clot. And when um, does that start to change? So from, from about 12 weeks onwards. Um, and miscarriage, as I say, is anything up to 24 weeks. Um, but management of miscarriage from 12 to 24 weeks is very different because that will involve stim- simulate, you know, st- uh, stimulating labor and for, for the mother to have to deliver the baby, especially if it's getting closer to, to 24 weeks. Um, and that is very different. Yeah. And at what point between 12 and 24 does it sort of turn into, you know, would you deliver a little something that resembled a human? Um, quite, quite, quite soon after 12 weeks. Yeah. So yeah. that's something that they would prepare you Absolutely. for. Absolutely. It's but a obviously very different if, procedure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I suppose the good thing to know if you're listening to this and you are pregnant is that it's very rare, much, much, much more yeah, rare absolutely. after 12 weeks. So before 12 weeks, we think potentially up to one in three pregnancies. But yeah. after 12 weeks, I don't know if you have the statistics to hand, oh, but it rare, is like a one in 100 or something. I don't know exactly, but it's 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 much, much, much rarer. And that tends to be because they've discovered some sort of chromosomal abnormality in the fetus that isn't compatible with life. Um, and 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 so the baby then uh, sadly dies in utero. 
I mean, that, that, I think that brings us on quite nicely to the emotional side of things, which you know, we've talked very much about the physical side yeah. of, of having a miscarriage, which I think is really important because, you know, physically, I think you need to be prepared for what might happen. Yeah. And if you're listening to this with news that you've had a mis- miscarriage or you've just started bleeding, I think it's really important to be prepared. But, you know, emotionally, it's tough. And, and I know that, you know, everyone is cautious or most people are told to be cautious until the 12 week scan. It's still really difficult to find out you're pregnant and and not feel quite excited about the little life that you're harboring inside your body. And I think that, I mean, speaking from experience, you know, with my first pregnancy, I wasn't intending to get pregnant. And I remember actually crying when I did the pregnancy test because I thought, oh, I'm not ready to be a mother. And then when I miscarried, or at least I found out I'd miscarried, I was devastated, even though this wasn't a baby we'd been actively trying for. It made me realize very quickly that being a mother was something that was really important to me. And even though I hadn't admitted it to myself, I was I was still really excited. Um, and so I think it's worth preparing people for the emotional side of things. Listen, you know, there are, I think people have very, very different emotions around miscarriage. And if you miscarry and you're not that sad about it because maybe, you know, you've got other children and you think, well, this is just nature's way of dealing with something, we'll try again. Don't feel bad that you're not feeling bad. Mm, but at the same time, don't feel bad that you are feeling really sad um, and, and don't expect you just to return to work and return to normal, you know, d- the next day, because it does take it out of you. Well, and loss is loss whenever it happens. There's, I don't think you can quantify, you know, whether you lose your, your baby at, at six weeks or 12 weeks or 24 weeks or you have a stillbirth or, 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 you know, any sort of loss. It's still a loss. I always say to my patients, if you can try not to... Um, make the baby into a you know into a person in your head try not to think try not to give them a name or too much before 12 weeks just because the risk of miscarriage is is high um but that doesn't mean don't get excited about it that doesn't mean don't tell your close friends and family about your pregnancy before 12 weeks because you're going to need that support from them if you do miscarry it's hard to deal with on your own yeah I've got I sort of thinking about this I think that you do need support from those who are around you and I'm not saying you know publish your pregnancy the moment you find out about it on social media and let everyone you know but actually telling a close group of friends in those weeks leading up to 12 weeks you know when you see them the friends on whose support and family on whose support you would depend I think is quite a good thing to do I've got to say listen you know I know that some people get superstitious but we know that superstition plays no role in whether or not your pregnancy works or not you know it's the 21st century and and I think we're all clear on that but I think that creating a support network of people that will be really helpful to you isn't a bad way of protecting yourself and otherwise it can be incredibly lonely I remember thinking you know, I, I told obviously you that I was pregnant and I was very lucky because I had, you know, all the expertise, you know, you, you had the, the practical help as well. But I hadn't really told any of my friends. And yet it was those friends on whom I depended the most. And I did as soon as I'd had this miscarriage, I, I did actually tell, you know, a close group of sort of eight friends or so. And that was really, really important for me afterwards, because I'd say in the next sort of three months, even though the physical you know, what I what I felt the physicality of, of, of miscarriage was sort of gone, I still would feel really sad at an unexpected moment. I just want to just have a little cry. And I think the more you suppress those emotions and the more you think, oh, I can't show these emotions to my close friends, probably the harder it is to get to grips with. Whereas if you've got a small group of friends who get 
what you're going through. The other thing is that I found is that so many people had had miscarriages who I'd no idea about. Mm. I remember doing an interview for The Telegraph um, about this, actually. I just wanted to be really honest. And the, the, the journalist who interviewed me said, you know, you know, I've got five children, Rena. She said, I've also had five miscarriages. And because I was right at the beginning of my pregnancy journey, I didn't realize how common miscarriage was and and weirdly even though I didn't rejoice in the fact that she'd had loads of miscarriages knowing that someone with five children had also had five miscarriages was weirdly comforting for me that it was sort of not an abnormal thing yeah and it is it is normal it is part of normal pregnancy and you know and uh childbirth most people will have have experienced it in some way whether it's themselves or a close close friend or relative and you know dealing with the emotional side of it with just your partner is is quite um intense and can put strain on a relationship so being able to spread that out a bit and get support from different angles is is definitely helpful for both of you as well because actually you know we've talked about from the the female side the experience of loss but I I do think fathers really you know they feel that loss as much uh, as as the woman even though you know it's the woman that's had the sort of physical contact with with the fetus I think for 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 men to sort of talk about it and share it with their friends I think is is really important as well and I think we are you know things are changing and people are talking about it more and there are lots of great internet forums and blogs and uh, useful resources that people can listen to now uh, or, or resource when they need it. In terms of work, I mean, obviously, most people don't tell their work about their pregnancy before they've got to 12 weeks, which I sometimes wonder about how 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 good an idea that is, because obviously you're feeling really often quite wretched in that first trimester. And then if things don't go to plan and if you do have a miscarriage you're probably going to have to take some time off work and I think it's it's potentially worth thinking about whether or not you're honest about your work because I think if you are honest with people you get proper sympathy you don't get she being a bit of a hypochondriac because she's got you know a bit of tummy pain or is it that time of the month I think if you're honest and say I just want you to know that I'm early days pregnant or then if you say I've I've just found out that I've I've had a miscarriage or I'm having a miscarriage I think people respect you more and probably give you the sympathy and the allowances that you really need when you're having a miscarriage so listen every work and every person's experience is slightly different but rather than thinking it's absolutely not something I'd share with my work maybe with one person at work who you trust and who you respect and you know will understand it's maybe worth thinking about it I think it's definitely worth considering and as you said it does entirely depend on your circumstances Um, but but communication and talking is always a good thing Back to the sort of practicality. So you mentioned after you've had a miscarriage, um, you do bleed for quite a long time. And actually when you're having a sort of natural miscarriage, when your body is doing, you know, is miscarrying the baby as it should, that can be quite a difficult thing, can't it? I mean, it's not like a period and, and that's it. No, you know. it, it can be really quite uncomfortable. Um, there can be a lot of bleeding. It can go on and uh, for a sort of up to 14 days or so is is, is relatively common um, and it can wax and wane so you can have a period or a day or so where it's not too bad and then be very very heavy it should be getting better over that time it shouldn't be getting worse and if you start feeling unwell um, feverish and and not right then you should definitely be seeing the doctor because there's always a chance that some of the products of conception so even just some of the placental mem- uh, remnants are, are 
um, remain, you know, are stuck and haven't come out and and can get infected. So that's really important that if you're feeling over the over the couple of weeks following on from miscarriage, if you're not feeling well, just have a low threshold for going to see your doctor. And if you, you know, if you've been given the news that the baby's no more, or you've taken the the sort of oral medication mm. to sort of terminate the pregnancy, what should you be expecting? A sort of a couple of days. I mean, you're going to not be going to work, are yes, you? Yes, you'll certainly be not going to work for if you have the medical management of miscarriage. You're you're not be going to work for for two or three days. I would have thought. Um, you don't need to be at home um, with someone on your own. It depends on your, if, if possible, with someone. Yes, if, so, if possible, a sister or mother or a good friend. Would, you know, is it's it's helpful. And can you take painkillers? You know, if you're yes. finding this whole process really painful, yeah, absolutely, what? you can take uh, any painkillers that have been given to you, either any over-the-counter ones that you can tolerate, or your doctor might well have given you some slightly stronger prescription painkillers if it does get un- uncom- more uncomfortable. And during this time, I mean, you learn pretty quickly that normal sort of sanitary towels don't cut it. You need a much thicker, the maternity pads, which are sort of designed for post birth, actually, when when your uterus sheds, the the lining of your uterus sheds again. Yeah, so you'll need the you know extra thick pads or the, the maternity pads or even some people find the sort of the big incontinence pants quite useful especially if you have to be out and doing something and you don't want to leak then and then those sort of basically adult nappies aren't they yeah Um, but they can be they're not even in the maternity section they're they're um, in the incontinent section and at night too i think you know it's probably worth having those just because if you've just got a pad and then you think about gravity and lying and you can see see quite quickly how a lot of blood might and it's useful having a pad i mean you can't important to use you can't use tampons at all in this stage in when you're still bleeding after a miscarriage and why is that because uh, of risk of infection so um but also again if this especially if this isn't your first miscarriage or if you have the opportunity to um and you see a, a blood clot i know it sounds not very nice but if you can keep any of that um and 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 send it, and they can send it off to the lab then if they do want to do any tests on the on on the products of conception then um then they can do that if you've kept it so basically just sticking it in one of those sort of like a resealable freezer bag Absolutely. or something like I that. Keep it in the pad and then just put it in a, in a seal, in a, in a, one of those, yeah. And how quickly do you need to bags. get it to the hospital as quickly as possible, that tissue, or does it, does it start yeah. to deteriorate? No, yeah, as quickly as is sort of possible, so not in the middle of the night, but certainly the next day. Um, so you bleed, um, obviously, for a bit. Usually that bleeding stops yeah. between sort of one, two potentially three weeks or usually no, after two, two, weeks. two weeks no yeah it should be definitely within two weeks and then and then your next period should come a month later but it can disrupt periods a little bit so um it might be quicker it might be longer it just depends um and people often ask me when i'm talking to them about miscarriage you know when is it safe to have sex again um, and it's as soon as the bleeding stopped um then you then then it's absolutely fine to have sex again you shouldn't again before that because of infection risk and will it hurt if you've had, you know, if you've had uh, a surgical procedure, might it hurt after, might sex hurt no, after? No, it shouldn't do, it shouldn't do. Um, and then again is the question of of uh, pregnancy, when can you get pregnant again? And obviously there's an emotional side to that because a lot of people want to grieve, the, you know, the loss of the of the miscarriage and want to wait a little bit and other people's want to, people want to get pregnant as soon as possible. Um, it's it's certainly it's the advice is wait for one period and then get pregnant again if you can Uh, if you do get pregnant again before your period comes back that's not the end of the world it's not going to make you have a higher risk of miscarrying again Uh, it just makes it a bit more difficult to date the pregnancy and work out exactly when you got pregnant but that can be worked out further down the line if necessary 
And there's actually a bit of evidence to show that if you get pregnant within six months of a miscarriage, you're less likely to have another miscarriage than if you wait longer than that. Really? Yeah. So obviously some people listening to this will have not just had one miscarriage. Um, they might well have had two or three. I mean, it's what we call recurrent miscarriage. Recurrent miscarriage. So the definition of recurrent miscarriage is um, recurrent consecutive miscarriages. And currently, although it's changing, that is three consecutive miscarriages although that is changing which is a good thing to two consecutive miscarriages um so that means you've had no healthy successful pregnancy in between so if for example like you you had a miscarriage with your first pregnancy then you had two healthy babies if you had then had another miscarriage that would be would start you'd start as number one again before you were classed as recurrent miscarriage and once you once you have had two or three depending on what they're classifying it as consecutive miscarriages they will start the doctors will start doing some much more detailed tests on you and your partner and any miscarriage uh, products to try and determine what's causing this okay so they'll be that will be the stage where they're sort of monitoring you pre-pregnancy they'll be doing quite a lot of investigation you'll be what referred to a specialist team within your hospital absolutely a recurrent miscarriage team who who specialize in looking at the reasons that people are miscarrying carrying because obviously you're getting pregnant it's not getting pregnant that's the problem it's keeping the pregnancy and there are lots and lots of different um factors that can affect whether you keep it um some might be as simple as lifestyle but it could also be um to do with uh, you know a health problem that the woman has or or the partner um or something structural something in the blood you know there's lots of different things that can cause uh, that can that can yeah cause miscarriage essentially and they so, can be treated and, and obviously quite a good thing to know so that if you have had a second or a third miscarriage you should be offered you know to be referred to the recurrent miscarriage unit but if you're not you know that you can ask yeah, to do that absolutely. rather than just going through many many miscarriages yes. and sort of not doing anything about it yes absolutely but obviously couple you know there's the sort of medical side of, of things which the recurrent miscarriage uh, unit will look at if, that, if that's an issue you know what what can couples do that isn't necessarily medical to decrease their chance of miscarriage increase their chance of conceiving again and you know as you said you know most most miscarriages are because of a chromosomal abnormality and, and that's a bit of a lottery isn't it you know that hopefully the next embryo that is conceived doesn't have that and the pregnancy is really straightforward yeah. what and can we do is really unlucky and you could have had three consecutive miscarriages that have all just been a you know random genetic abnormality and there's no reason why you won't have another successful absolutely successful pregnancy um but obviously by that stage you want to be looking into why um and you know it's with with recurrent miscarriage it is rather different from actually getting pregnant you know with getting pregnant there's lots of things in your lifestyle that you can do to try and be healthy and um have be the right weight and um not drink and smoke and all the rest of it um once you're pregnant you're healthy enough to have got pregnant you know you, you you want to be looking after yourself as much as you can you know being um you know not you know reducing your your physical and and emotional stress levels as well but um as i say very often it is out of your hands and it is going to be either just nature's way of saying this one's not meant to be or if it's happening again and again a, a medical problem that needs to be we need to you need to find out what it is and get it looked at and hopefully treated so that you can get pregnant again one thing that's often talked about, especially with relation to conception, but I'm sure plays a, a big deal in terms of pregnancy, is sort of stress levels. And if 
you're stressed about getting pregnant, we know that actually that does affect your ability to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it is stressful pregnancy, especially if you've had a miscarriage or two miscarriages or, you know, potentially even six or seven. But trying to manage that stress is probably, you know, one of the few really positive things you can do as someone who is is pregnant in the sort of early stages. So I suppose whatever relaxes you, so that might be mindfulness or meditation or yoga or going for a run. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'd certainly agree with that in terms of getting pregnant. When you are pregnant, you know, you can be going through huge amounts of stress. You can have you know, pregnant women in war zones or in horrific situations who keep the pregnancy. So the body is quite good once it's pregnant at keeping the pregnancy if it's meant to be. Um, so I think it's although you obviously should do what you can to look after yourself and decrease your stress levels, it's often so far out of the woman's hands that... Um, I think that plays a much a much less of a role than it does in actually getting pregnant in the first place, where it's absolutely fundamentally important. And at the beginning of the podcast, you talked about some of the myths surrounding what causes miscarriage, like exercise and sex and all these things that, you know, probably they don't play a role. Obviously, we all know of women that are told you can't exercise and you can't have sex during pregnancy because of specific risks. Am I right in thinking that you should consider yourself safe to do all those things unless you're specifically told otherwise by, you know, like flying, for example. People sort of say that flying presents a little bit of a risk um, when you're pregnant. Um, should you think, I'm not going to fly to if mitigate that risk? Yes. No, I'd, or, say you're, I'd say you should be treating it as a completely normal pregnancy, um, as, 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 you, as you would have done with your first one, unless they've found a reason uh, in your history or your health or your partner's health that, that means that it's not safe to do so. But that's very specific and very individual, depending on what the problem is. So I'd say unless a doctor's told you not to do something, there's no reason to avoid doing the things you would normally do in a, in a healthy pregnancy and I guess trying to listen to your body too I mean I remember feeling unbelievably tired so if you're feeling exhausted yeah. that's your body saying you need to sleep more if you're feeling really hungry and you're eating 50% more than what you usually did for sort of two of those days then kind of within reason you probably should and and there's some evidence to show that pregnancy cravings are related to what the body needs yeah, is that absolutely, right absolutely yeah no, so I think listening to your body at any point, whether you're pregnant or not, is 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 a good idea. But particularly when you're pregnant, and you, it's all emphasised um, and exaggerated when you're pregnant. Um, so making sure you're listening to that and not not focusing too much on non-pregnancy related parts of your life that might be. Uh, so chocolate does chocolate count if your body's craving a, <laughs> you know a, a piece of chocolate? <laughs> a piece, yes, probably a couple of bars, no. <laughs> Kiara, thank you. I really hope this has been helpful for some of you listening. It's a difficult subject to talk about. When you experience miscarriage, it is often devastating because the hope, the little secret that you had and you were so excited about has been taken away from you, but it can be physically demanding too. But all of this is compounded by the fact that I've certainly found miscarriage a very lonely experience because no one really talked about it then. We are getting better at it. Um, but because we maybe don't talk about miscarriage as, as much as we talk about other things, people feel very alone. So if you're listening to this and you can't bear to share your experience with your friends, we hope that you found that just listening to our podcast has been helpful. One thing to remember is that you are not alone. Please do share this podcast. I think it's good to know about miscarriage even while you're pregnant so that you're prepared for every eventuality. Don't forget to make sure that you're subscribed to the Parenthood podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're at theparent.hood. 
We've had a huge reaction to the podcast we've done so far and some great suggestions for future episodes, including this one. So please do keep them coming in. But in the meantime, from Kiara and me, thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.